TV shows, movies, and more. I'm Chris Bright, a contemporary romance writer with almost 20 books about women loving women, and I'm expanding that later this spring with my next book. I love how you're just teasing them. What are you expanding? Are you writing beyond romance? Are you writing other types of characters? No one knows. No one knows. They'll find out in May. And I am Tara Scott. I review queer women's fiction at the Lesbian Review, Lambda Literary, and Smart Bitches Trashy Books. If you would like to support our show, we have a Ko-fi link in the show notes. It's a site where people can support their favorite content creators like us. If you'd love to, that would be amazing. If not, that's totally cool too. You can also just, you know, tell your friends. If you have a friend who's looking for more career media in their life, just let them know about the show because that is also an amazing way to support us. We want to give quick thanks to some folks who recently supported us. Nancy Cade supported us with the note. Keep it up, ladies. Thank you. And Nancy Jean, we had two Nancys this time. Nancy Jean shared for lovers of ice creams, cats, and ice bombs. So I'm going to guess that she is a fan of The Headmistress by Melana Mackay, just like I am. And like we mentioned in our last full episode, The Lesbian Review is hosting its Sexy Reads event from February 18th to 20th. It's an entirely virtual event. And Chris and I are participating in some panels and... We're actually going to be recording live a bonus episode of Queerly Recommended as part of the event. I'm pretty excited. Here's something about I've that. noticed: we're doing a lot of bonus episodes this year so far. Uh huh. It's true. It's Get true. ready, people. Get ready. I think. Well, I hope you all loved the last one because it was so fun to record. But I think you're all gonna super love the next one. It has been released. In- <laughs> it's well. That's true. But I mean, it, it is being released in February. There might be a bit of a theme. Mm, maybe. We're into teasing this episode, apparently. We are. This is the teasing for sure. Uh, so if you want to be a part of just watching us as, not just watching, but like if you want to be a part of a bonus episode being recorded, please make sure you sign up for that event uh, because you'll also be able to ask us some questions live while we record it. So we will include the link in the show notes where you can learn more. There will be other panel topics exploring things like how realistic should erotic fiction be? How are authors doing their research? You know, representing unusual characters in erotic work. So yeah, go sign up for that. It's going to be well worth your time. The other thing I wanted to let folks know about, I was recently on the Les Geek Outcast, which is the geekly bi-weekly podcast brought to you by lesbian authors, Andy Marquette and Lise McTagg. We were talking about the media that we're all looking forward to this year. It was a good time. Uh, every so often I join them on their show. It's always fun. <laughs> it's always, Sounds like it. yeah. yeah, it's always super fun. I mean, Lise was one of the reviewers at the lesbian review fairly early on like kind of when i started and so we go way back and so, and andy you know i even she came to my house one time we recorded an episode of my old podcast les do books in my kitchen <laughs> i feel a little left out not come to I've calgary to your kitchen come to calgary and you too can record a podcast episode <laughs> in my kitchen so yeah it was great catching up with them and we'll put the link in the show notes for that for anyone who wants to get some geeky media things to look forward to in 2022 that will hopefully the year that will hopefully stop being a hellscape so <laughs> oh, i know i have such hope for this year i have hope 
listen, you're, yeah, you are the person, your capacity for hope, (laughs) I think is higher than most. I just think about you watching The Handmaid's Tale because of hope. (laughs) Every week you're like, I feel like I got stabbed in the stomach, but I have hope. (laughs) I do have hope. Most people don't think that about me, that I'm not very, that I'm not a hopeful person, but I really am. I believe in the good. I believe that eventually good will overtake evil mm-hmm. and that good things will happen again. I just have hope. I have to have hope. I mean, if you don't have hope, what do you have? A lot of crankiness. <laughs> right. And I can only handle crankiness for so long. Like I can be cranky for a while. Yeah. But then I just hate myself. Yeah. It's like, that's not, it's not normal for me to be cranky. Yeah. Yeah. No. That's why we're friends. That's right. <laughs> we bounce off really well. Yeah. So guess what? What? My favorite quote unquote holiday is coming up. Your very favorite? Wait. It really is. It's my it's my very favorite. Even more than Christmas? Even more than Christmas. And more than Halloween. Uh for sure. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Huh. So okay. it goes. Here we go. My number one favorite quote unquote holiday is valentine's day i don't think i knew this about you it's love i'm a romance writer like i love love i love everything about valentine's Mm -hmm. day and i know people out there squawking like oh it's just a commercialized way for blah blah big business to get more of your money hallmark (laughs) like christmas isn't right so the thing i love about valentine's day is it's specific to love Mm -hmm. i mean christmas is everything christmas is like huge it's giving it's sharing it's caring it's all that it's family yes and valentine's day is love so it is uh coming up and we're thinking about doing something a little special on the show Mm -hmm. do you remember when we were kids and in elementary school we spent like our art class for the week we had to make a valentine's day box like a shoebox, and you'd cover it with construction paper or whatever. Oh, yeah. And you would design it, and it would be really cool because you were going to exchange Valentines mm-hmm. with your class. And it was so excited to go home and read all of Valentines from your friends at school. And it was just such a great feeling. It was like the best feeling because you, because mm-hmm. everybody got a Valentine's. And even the people who, you know, were shy. Or just didn't, you know, they were just wallflowers. You know, they got the same amount as the people who were, you know, super popular and huge. And it was mm-hmm. just a good feeling. And so I want to bring that back. I want to bring Valentine's back to our adult lives. Well, how do we do it, Chris? Well, here's what I'm thinking. I think that we, that you should send us a voice note. You can send it. You can either, you can actually send a text note or a vo- voice note. Fuck. You can send it as a text note by email. Mm-hmm. There's something you can yes. do in where it's an actual message that we can broadcast, or you can send us a text message or or, or just a uh, an email, and we'll read it out loud. Send, send it, it on to any of your socials. Yeah, yeah. Send it to our DMs. You can email podcast at queerlyrecommended.com with either a recording of your Valentine to a friend, a loved one. Or it can be a secret admirer. Yes, you can absolutely be a secret admirer. Let us know what you want. If it's a text one, Mm -hmm. let us know what you want us to read out loud, including your name. Because if you want us to be anonymous, we need to know. And if you send us a voice note, we will include that 
in our super special secret Valentine's something that we're right. not going to tell you what it's going to be just yet. Yeah, I'm so excited about it. A lot of good things happening on that one, but that's kind of cool. I think like bringing that feeling back as an adult is nice. Mm-hmm. You should do that. Because even as an adult, like maybe your partner, your significant other, maybe they get you flowers, maybe they get you a Valentine's Day card, but, or, or maybe they do something like this and you're not expecting it. And they know you listen to the show because they listen to the show too. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden Tara's reading something to Mackenzie that says, Hey, I love you. I'm sitting right next to you and I love you. Or this is like, hey, your smile might be a little goofy, but I like it a lot. Right? Why not? <laughs> yeah. So I think that'd be kind of fun. I mean, I hope that there's interest there and I hope y'all reach out. Uh, I think it, it uh, I know I would smile if I got a Valentine's Day shout out. Mm-hmm. You will. I love it. So Chris, what have you been reading or watching lately? So this uh, episode is strictly television watching. I didn't really get into reading a lot because deadlines. So I actually started watching Survivor Australia, which is not like, I know that American Survivor has actually had a whole season in in Australia, but this is Mm -hmm. actually the Australian version of Survivor. And it's, it's, how do I want to say it? It's different. I mean, these people are fit and there's like, there's, it's a very physical game and yeah. it's just, it's not Is like it in Australia too. It, well, it takes place in Fiji. At least the, the two seasons I've watched have taken place in Fiji. Okay. And they, they're given like your carbs. They give you rice and beans. You don't have to like starve yourself. It's one of those. I mean, you can't like overeat, oh, but you at least don't have to fight for food. You know, food mm-hmm. is like truly a reward. And so, but it is a very physical game and they're actually nice to each other. Like Wait, the what? first, I know. Like, I Is this like watching- how, is it like how Simon Cowell is like such a dickhead on American Idol, but then when you see him on like X Factor in the UK, he's actually like, yeah, occasionally his feedback is kind of harsh, but like, he actually seems like a pretty decent guy. Right. Exactly that. And mm. it's like, and they will like, if they see somebody picking on somebody, they'll be like, Hey. You can't talk to her like that. Yeah. What? Yes. It's like, it just reminds me just how mean Americans can be. Yeah. It's, there is something about, I mean, most of the media that I watch is American. And I think that's pretty typical for um, Canadians. Although, you know, I do occasionally watch Canadian shows like the great Canadian baking show or Schitt's Creek or whatever, but like, there seems to be something about like, you have to manufacture meanness right? for ratings. Yeah. It's horrible. Like I hate the whole scope of survivor when it came out. You know, I only ever saw the first season, you know, I watched several seasons and then I got off of it. And then mm-hmm. I just watched this last one recently because like some people were pushing us to watch it. So I said, okay, I'll watch it. But yeah, it's like, they're mean. People are just like backstabbing mean and they're rewarded for being mean and for being backstabbing. You know, that's, mm-hmm. you know, and so, so this episode or the season that I'm on now with uh, Survivor Australia is the All-Stars. Like I watched the champions versus the contenders. That was the first season I saw, which I think was season four mm-hmm. because it was only available on Paramount Plus. Uh, mm, it's weird. Yeah. You know, how sometimes when a, when a uh, streaming service takes over, they don't get it from like the first season. So you have to kind of work your way backwards and yeah. anyway. 
so now I'm on the all-star season and, you know, they are getting a little quote unquote catty now. Now they're starting to get a little devious, mm-hmm. but I was really impressed at the very beginning. And then when they get voted off, they like, they like hug everybody. They don't say like, I'm gunning for you. You're never going to get my vote. Die. They don't do that. It's more like good game. It was a great, you know, it was a great blindside and they hug mm-hmm. everybody and they kiss and then they walk off. It's amazing. So I'm watching that mm-hmm. and I am also stuck in the middle of the NFL playoffs. By the time this episode airs, uh, mm-hmm. I'm sure it'll be uh, Super Bowl time. So hopefully I will be happy because the Chiefs will be in the Super Bowl. That is where I'm going. That's what I'm headed. You know. mm-hmm. And here's something. I will not take my tree down. My Christmas tree is still up. I will not take it down until either the Chiefs win the Super Bowl or route of the playoffs why <laughs> no, i don't know why i don't it was just one of those where it's like eh, i'm just gonna keep it up because i like it it's nice and you know it's a nice nightlight it's mm-hmm. pretty it's super pretty i love it all right different right okay yeah yeah well all right chiefs it's on you you decide <laughs> when chris's tree comes down right. so <laughs> it figure it out <laughs> uh and then the, the final thing i've been watching uh catfish is back Oh. Catfish is back. So I'm watching that. And now they have a Catfish UK that I mm-hmm. haven't started watching, but I will. But let me tell you a story. Okay. So I think it was last week, maybe on Twitter, I put a post about there were these two pit bulls running around in my neighborhood. Mm-hmm. And so one was a big one, Cujo. His name is Cujo. And, oh my God. <laughs> uh, yeah, literally, I like, I went up to this 90 pound pit bull and I was like, hey, hi, come here, you know, trying to get him over to me because I saw he had a collar mm-hmm. and I saw that there was a number on his collar. So I had to like make friends and try to get him to come over to me. The little pit bull, uh, she was very nervous to be around me. So I got Cujo over to me first mm-hmm. and then the little one came over, but only Cujo had a number. So I called oh. the number, I, I called it several times, I texted it, I left, I went back and got the, I just couldn't leave a little pit bull puppy in the street. I just couldn't do no. it, I couldn't do it. So I scooped him up in the car, put him in my backyard, you know, fed them, gave them water, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And I was trying to get a hold of the owner. So long story short, because we all know what happened, mm-hmm. but I put in the phone number into Cash App because I learned it off of catfish. Wait, no, I don't think everybody necessarily does know what happened. Oh, well, so it, well, what people happened weren't was... following. I'm just saying for people that weren't following okay. it, how does this resolve? Do these dogs live in your backyard now? <laughs> well, I was stressed because it was a Friday afternoon and we were getting ready to have a major snowstorm and I could not bring two pit bulls in the house with Molly. No, Molly would be a snack. It for sure would be a snack. And so, um, so I put them in my backyard and then I went inside and got online to look at uh, the, the shelter, the pet shelter here. Like, mm-hmm. like, who do you call if you find dogs? You know? yeah. And there's a, there's a busy street, like two blocks over, either two blocks west or two blocks south of me. Mm-hmm. So I wasn't, I just couldn't do it. I couldn't let these dogs run loose. Anyway, so I'm in there, I'm inside. I like checked in with work. I'm like, hey, I'm in the middle of something right now. I can't take calls. Uh, mm-hmm. I'll let you know when I can do it. So I'm like still calling this person. I'm sending, you know, I'm taking pictures of the dogs. I'm sending it. I'm like, is this your dog? Are these your dog? And eventually I'm making a call to the independent shelters to see, you know, what my, what my course of action is. And I go back out and the dogs are gone. They're gone. 
Mm-mm. And I'm like, and my neighbor came out and she's like, cause she, she had her dog out and she's like, Oh, did you get some dogs? I'm like, she has Jack. I love Jack. He's like an old, old Husky dog. Yeah. And I'm like, keep Jack away. I don't know who these dogs are. I don't know anything about them. They're just running the neighborhood. She goes, yeah, I saw them earlier today doing, you know, out here. And I'm like, and I'm thinking, oh, okay. I'm like, why didn't you call or like try to save them or whatever? Mm-hmm. And I didn't say anything because that's not, you know. Yeah. But it's not my place. But anyway, so I said, keep Jack back because I don't know these dogs. So she put Jack inside. And, and then when I come out, I have like these biscuits, I have these dog biscuits and I'm like, hello, Kojo. Yeah. Hello, puppy. I'm like, where the <laughs> did they go? Yeah. And so I asked the late, you know, the labor was kind of out. She's like, did, 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 what happened? I go, I don't know. I, did they hop the fence? I don't know. So I look on my back. Uh, I have a camera out in the backyard and I couldn't see to the side of, uh, one side of the, the gate where I actually have a, an actual. Mm-hmm. Uh, door whatever that's called Why am yeah. I, i'm at a loss for words today but anyway i looked at ring and some people came and stopped the car and just went out and got these dogs so i'm like okay so it's the owners right i hope so because who else would just cut out of the blue like yeah. half an hour later just you know drive slowly but actually a jeep drove by slowly and i guess that person called so then the other the family came by to pick it up so six seven hours later no it's mm-hmm. actually eight hours later i get a text who is this and i'm thinking uh well hopefully that was you that got the dog out of my backyard oh well, yeah and so i ignored it because i'm like fuck you for not calling me sooner or not you know well, if, if you recognize these dogs wouldn't and to you not say, knock oh, on my the door God. right so i put i even put it on ring you know how you have like neighborhood alerts and so I said, mm. I have these dogs. Does anybody know them? Blah, blah, blah. So this is what I learned from Catfish. All so right. I, took, I took this person's number and I plugged mm-hmm. it in Cash App. Okay. And I got, they, they, were, they were a hit. Like, I was like, what? Because Catfish does it all the time. It's, they'll oh. put it on, like, they'll put it in Google, but now they start putting phone numbers in Cash App because almost everybody has a Cash App or Venmo or something like that. And it uses yeah. your phone number. So then I found the person's name and then I found their address in the neighborhood. Okay. So I was like, okay. Did so you go I know fight a neighbor? So I was, so I did. So I got in the car and I'm driving around and I found the place, but I didn't see their car. I didn't see the car that drove and picked up the dogs. Yeah. But it ended up being them. You know, the, the guy had the phone and where I had sent the pictures to, but then somebody else called me from a different number at the same time where this guy's texting me. And so I answer the phone. I'm like, hello. And this person says, why the fuck did you have my dogs in your backyard? Pardon? Right? Like that. She came at me like that. That Mm -mm. is how she came at me. I don't know. Why the fuck were your dogs running around the neighborhood? Right. Right. So like I calmed her down, you know, because immediately I went to like a hundred, like from zero to a hundred. I literally was horizontal on the couch watching some mindless tv like literally because i was brain dead by the end of yeah. the day and so she came at me and and so i'm like we can take this to the police i mean if this is a concern for you i have all the text messages i have all the voicemail messages i've left i said you know i went to your house mm-hmm. and then she settled down she goes well okay you're I, thank you so much for taking care of the dogs it had you know cujo has my husband's number and you know he just didn't check his phone who the fuck doesn't check their phone after eight hours not, not a single mm-hmm. person on earth. 
So anyway, so she calmed down, apologized. I said, well, I have your number now. And if I see them again, I'll be sure to call you. She's like, well, you know, we have a hole in the fence. We can't afford it. And it was just like, it, the whole thing was just, it was so unreal. No. So I said, well, if this happens again, I'll put them in my backyard and you can come and get them. Yeah. But it was just unreal. But thank you, Catfish, for showing me how to find these people. That's kind of brilliant. It is. <laughs> so, oh my goodness, enough about this. What about you? Tara, <laughs> you had a journey. You... <laughs> I did. It was a journey. So what have you been reading and or watching? All right. So Drag Race continues. Season 14. I met the other. I met. Uh, we The <laughs> episode came out with the second half of the cast. And I gotta say, it wasn't as exciting as the first half of the cast. There's one like super strong contender, Angeria something Van Michaels. She has like three names. Her name is way too long. It's too many syllables, but whatever. She's this like super, super talented, gorgeous, poised, put together pageant queen out of Atlanta. And just like, yeah, I think she's going to be in the top four. So it, but it was just kind of overall, like a, after such a strong opener to me watching the second episode felt a bit like a wah, wah, like, oh, okay, no. there's, there's one real cool one, but then they brought them all together. And the two Queens that were eliminated in the two first episodes, they brought them back. Oh, why? Yes. They why? brought them back and said, we're giving you another shot and introduced a Willy Wonka inspired twist so that they each had to sign a chocolate bar. It was like a RuPaul branded, like a drag race branded chocolate bar. One of the bars has a golden bar and right. Right. So somewhere Willy Wonka's grandparents are like, Oh, this is very interesting. And they're a little bit, (laughs) (laughs) but what they're doing is at the end of every lip sync because every episode ends with like the bottom two have to lip sync and the best one gets to stay Shantae you stay and then the the other one has to walk away and leaves the competition and every so often Rue chooses to save a queen but the way one queen will get saved this year and that is after her lip sync if she loses the lip sync she will open the chocolate bar to see if she has the golden ticket or not that's right, which I think is a really interesting twist. It is. I haven't seen that before. I mean, every so often they do these like game within a game or like different kind of right. twists they're doing to try to keep the show fresh. And they don't usually get introduced in the main seasons. They usually get introduced in the all-star season. So I kind of like that they're bringing something fresh and interesting to the main season. I think that's Good. pretty clever. Yeah. There's another show that I started watching recently. And I've been told for years that I should watch this. I've had a lot of people say, no, no, you specifically should watch this. And I'm like, no, nah, I don't know about everyone else, but like wave five of this year pandemic has felt pretty gross, (laughs) you know, has felt pretty awful. And I thought maybe now is the time for me to finally break the seal on Queer Eye. So yes. Shut up. <laughs> I know. I have never seen any Queer Eye. And I'm watching it from the beginning. Wow. 
I just love it so much. And you know what? I am glad that I didn't watch it until now. Like certain shows have gotten me through certain phases of the pandemic. So RuPaul's Drag Race, I started watching during like waves one and two. I probably watched it waves one through three because there's so many seasons. It took like six months to catch up. And then wave four was when I watched The Good Place, which was perfect because it's kind of one of those like as I'm incredibly angry at how big this wave is, especially in Alberta where I live watching a show about like what it means to be a good human was really good. And now Queer Eye. Come on. Like they did a whole season in my city. I'm not there yet. I only I'm just started season two. Are I you in it? Do they make you over? <laughs> they should have. So they had one. Did you know one. any of these people? Yes, I did. I'm like, how am I not in this show? Like I know Whoa. one of the, the people, but I didn't believe it. It was one of those where it's like, I don't know. I mean, how do I want to say this? Did that person's those... style truly change as a result of meeting the Fab Five? Okay, so I know somebody who was in the episode. I don't know. Oh, some, I don't okay. know an actual person that they changed. The hero. Okay. Yes, I don't know the hero. Okay. So, but but it was just it's super cool to like see my city, my tiny little town on TV. Yeah. Because you know, it's always New York, Los Angeles. New York, Los Angeles, San Francisco, Seattle. Yeah. It's like never, nothing ever happens in the Midwest. And so it was kind of fun to see this. And uh, yeah, so I'm, mm. I'm excited to talk to you when you get to my city. Because then you'll be like, ooh, I should come visit. And I'm like, yes, yes, you should. We need this pandemic to like over. calm down some before <laughs> I go to any city. <laughs> but yes, we'll, well, maybe we'll record an episode from your kitchen. Yeah. <laughs> uh, although what I don't, I don't know that people actually realize we record all of our episodes. Like we're each in our beds. <laughs> we're, we're always in bed. So maybe sometimes, we'll record. Yes. Yeah, That'll be the one thing we do in your bed. <laughs> yeah, wouldn't that be hilarious? I would love that. <laughs> We'd That'll have to be... actually like video it and put it out there. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Just like us in our big old sweatshirts, hanging out in your bed, recording a podcast. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> uh, so yes, I love Queer Eye. If you are one of the six people who hasn't seen it yet, I used to be one of you and I encourage you to join me. It's well worth the time. I'm also reading a couple of books and I'm like very early in both books. So I don't have a lot of strong impressions yet for either. One is called You Sexy Thing by Cat Rambo. It is a space opera, so a sci-fi book, and it's described as Farscape meets the Great British Bake Off. And here's the thing. I fucking loved Farscape. Like, I haven't seen it in a long time. I have no idea if it holds up, but like in terms of sci-fi shows, that's always been one of my very favorites. And then, I mean, who doesn't like, how can you not like the Great British Bake Off? Oh, I know. That's, that's, everybody loves it. So yeah, that's all I'm going to tell you about that book. My impression so far, I'm having a lot of fun. I quite like it. I think people should check it out. And the other one is a new adult romance. Uh, so it's featuring university or college students. Um, it's called The Map to You by Rachel Stockbridge. It's a friends to lovers, but where, so each of the friends has a, like they're, they, they were roommates. So in the, in the prologue, we see kind of what leads them to becoming roommates and then friends like dorm roommates and then how a friendship grows from that. And then it goes ahead into the, the next year where they're not roommates anymore. They have these like insufferable crushes on each other. Neither of them has the courage to say anything about it. And 
the road trip has not begun. So I haven't seen any of that aspect, but there is a road trip. So there's like forced proximity of these two people with gigantic crushes on each other. So that's so sweet. I'm enjoying it. I think it's going to be fun. So Chris, what's your official recommendation this week? Okay. So my official recommendation is yellow jackets. My recommendations have kind of been all over. Oh, really? Yes. So, you know, I mean, this is the first time I'm recommending something that is disturbing and creepy, but also intriguing. And Mm -hmm. I kind of feel like I was pressured into this recommendation. I was kind of teetering. (laughs) Well, so here, here's, (laughs) I know. So Christina Ricci came to your house and said, she said, what's recommended, bitch. Get it so done. I was on the line. I was on the line. Like, should yeah. I recommend this or not? And then, like, there's this huge explosive, like, exchange on social media about this. And mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, I get, I finally get it. Like, not everybody is like me. Not everybody wants to watch the cutesy, fun, you know, movie with the happy ending, the bubbly people. I get that. So then I thought, okay, let's do something gritty. And so this is that, this is my suggestion. There's a gritty, suggestion Mm -hmm. and you know it's hard to describe what this is you know I the good news is there's a second season they have now we're not going to be left hanging we will now find out and at some point during my lifetime it changed there used to be television shows they ran the season and there was closure at the end of the season and so the new season started the next year and it was a fresh season so I mm-hmm. don't know if that changed during Dallas and who shot JR, that whole thing, because that was like a big, people still talk about that. How could you have seen that? You were a baby. I know. I, or, I really not, or not did. alive. Or yeah, not I alive. Did, I, <laughs> I really didn't even watch it. It was just, it, I never even saw it. But that was no. a big thing, was like who shot JR. Yeah. And I want to say that that was like a cliffhanger. That started the Definitely. And I hate that. I'm not going to lie. I like, <laughs> I like closure. <laughs> Like I watched two seasons of Lost and I said, fuck it, I'm out because I got crazy. <laughs> that was a good choice. Yeah, I couldn't do it. And like the polar bear and the jungles, I'm like, I'm out. I'm out. I don't know what's going on. So I left. Yeah. Anyway, I digress. So let's talk about the blurb. Here's the actual blurb. Okay. Wildly talented high school girls soccer players descend into savage clans after their plane crashes in the remote northern wilderness. 25 years later, they discover that what began in the wild is far from over. So we talked about this last episode. I was start, you know, I was into it. Mm-hmm. I wasn't quite sure. But like, so here's what happens. The plane crashes and most of the adults die and some kids die. I mean, let's just, that's, that just yeah. happens. Not everybody yeah. surpri- sur- survives a plane crash. So eventually, like all these secrets start coming out like civilization kind of like takes a back seat and mm-hmm. uh, it's a distant memory and the kids are there to survive on their own as long as they can, you know, and some of them actually try to go find help, but because bad things happen to them out in the wilderness, they come back, they, they come back. They had, so oh. it's like impossible. Somebody has to actually rescue them because they can't rescue themselves. It's too dangerous. So the cool thing about this is that there are two timelines going on at the same time like half of each episode covers both timelines so we have when they're in the wilderness half the episode is in the wilderness and half is present time it's creatively done but it's really fun to see it i mean 
it, it's real easy when they slip into the past versus the present. It's not an issue. It's really cool the way they do it. So mm -hmm. we have four lead actresses. You know, we talked about Christina Ricci. She's right. the best. She's the best worst person on the show. She's annoying as fuck. Oh, and no. when bad things start to happen, you don't know if she's responsible for for them or if you want her on her side. Like she's completely unhinged and she doesn't know it or she doesn't even care. But here's somebody we didn't talk about last time. Okay. Melanie Melanie Linsky. She's so she's a good actor. So she's in it. And and like in present day, she's like a um, she's a stay-at-home mom. She's married to a furniture salesman. She has a daughter who's just absolutely awful to her. Mm. And she comes across as weak and she's just kind of puttering along through life. And she's so matter-of-fact when bad things happen, you know, because I think it's it's all stems back from either she believes that she's just on this course of bad things happening in her life and she's accepting of them. And so rather than like fall apart, she's just like, okay, how are we going to handle this? Oh no. But now but. queer lead. <laughs> so okay. uh, Tanya Cypress, she is a queer politician running for mayor. Okay. And she was a strong leader back when the plane crashed, you know, and the good news is she was queer during that time. She had a girlfriend and nobody like, it was not negative at all. Nobody's like, ah, queers, nothing like that. Cause they're mm -hmm. all kids. And so very accepting. And, you know, 25 years later, she's married, she has a kid and she seems like she's put together and, but she has so many demons from this plane crash and what happens that it scares the shit out of her wife and son. And so they take kind of take a different path. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and there's also another queer person in the uh the tv show there's another queer person but you don't really know about that till later so there is queer rep and it's pretty strong so here's the thing here's why i think people will like it because a a lot of people like cliffhangers i'm not fond of them but yeah. a lot of people love it and they love the angst and so whatever happened was so big because like, you get like little tidbits of like what happened while they were away from civilization for 18 mm -hmm. 19 months yeah and something massive happens because all four women have like people are throwing millions of dollars at them to tell their story and nobody's everybody's like clammed up nobody's talking like nobody's oh. talking about the story it's that bad yeah so so it's interesting to see like where this is going to go and and how, so yeah i recommend it if you like the angsty what's going to happen next and you have freaking eight months to kill till the next season then by all means watch this <laughs> Or wait seven months. Right. And then binge the shit out of it. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> so, and what's really creepy is I've noticed that a lot of opening credits are really creepy now. I say, I probably say in the last 10 years, they've gotten creepy. Do you remember True Blood? Did you ever watch True Blood? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> what am I saying? I don't watch creepy things. So, so True Blood was creepy. Like they had this, the intro had like, I think it was a fox. And it was a dead fox in the in the wilderness, just dying, you know, dead. And so no. it just it it fast forwarded through it decomposing. You know, they like put no. the shoe. Yeah, so it was creepy. And the Walking Dead's kind of creepy, but this Yellow Jackets, I literally fast forward through the opening credits because the music is creepy and also what's on uh, the screen. Yeah. So if no. you like creepy stuff, this is for you and angsty and, but a lot of people love it. I mean, so. Yeah. I say, yeah, if you, if you didn't know that there was queer representation, there is, 
it's a big part. I recommend it for that. And if you like scary, creepy, weird things, you'll like this. I'm really happy for you that you found a show that you enjoyed. <laughs> I mean, like I said, I do so much fluffy stuff all the time. I thought this time I'm going to do, I'm going to go outside my comfort zone. And, and here's the deal. Truthfully, I did want to know what happened. Like yeah. I had, I was so invested by that point. I'm like, okay, I'm just going to finish it out. And yeah. it turned out to be, okay, all right. I can get behind this. Hmm. Yeah. Well, that's good. Stuff going on. So anyway, what about you, Tara? What is your recommendation this week? All right. My recommendation is a book that I finished reading last night and it has just recently, well, it is releasing Tuesday for you and I, which really means a week ago for everybody who's listening. Okay. Uh, so it is brand newly out. It is called Devon and Chris plan a wedding by Chensia C Higgins. And this is a reality show romance. Ah. But it's like a different kind of reality show than I think I've seen in a romance because all the reality show romances that I've seen have either been cooking shows or they've been related to like cooking or baking shows, or they've been like the bachelor or bachelorette style uh, shows, right? right? This is a fake relationship kind of a scenario. So the idea is that, so it's called, it's a show called Instant I Do. And so it's two contestants on this show. They are paired up together. They have to convince their friends and family that they're getting married in six weeks. And they have to go through the whole process of in six weeks from like, Hey, family and friends, look at this person you've never met before that I'm marrying to like on week six, it is the wedding. So they will have gone through the whole wedding planning process. So they have to sell it as this like whirlwind romance with somebody they've only just met. And here's the thing. If anyone guesses that it's not oh. real, they get kicked out of the show. And there's a hundred thousand dollars for each of them on the line if they win. Wow. Right. And so the two characters are, so there's Chris Zavala who is an influencer, you know, has 250,000 followers on Instagram, kind of on the cusp of, so like she's an influencer, but not like a really big influencer yet. So like not really making the, the big money that can come out of that yet. The blurb points that out and says that a stint on reality TV is the perfect chance to elevate her brand. But here's the thing, that part of the blurb is a bit of a lie because it becomes clear pretty early on. Chris actually wants to find love. She thinks that maybe if she gets paired with the right person, she can actually fall in love with them because she's having a hard time finding love in real life and she wants to settle down. And, you know, she's super, super sweet. She's this like lovely, hunky, soft butch, Afro-Latina woman. And yeah, I just, I kind of, I, I kind of love her. I have a soft spot for like hunky butch leads. <laughs> and Devon is not out to her family yet. She, well, her, her siblings know her mom doesn't know she's never come out to her mom. And she feels like coming on this show is kind of the perfect way to like, sure. She could maybe win a hundred thousand dollars, but it will also force the issue so that she has to tell her mom that she's a lesbian. 
so it's, you know, they, they think it's just going to be, and especially Devon, she just thinks it's going to be fake. Chris kind of hopes that perhaps something real might come out of it, but she knows that she's on a reality show. The producers are throwing stupid challenges in their way because I mean, planning a wedding in six weeks is hard at the best of times, but you know, when it's week three and they're saying, all right, now you have to figure out how to get a custom wedding dress made, (laughs) which like a custom wedding dress in three weeks. Assuming that's super hard. I also assume that that's near impossible (laughs) unless you have an insane amount of money. (laughs) I did not get a custom, but let's just say it took more than three weeks for the alterations on my off the rack dress Uh. (laughs) 13 years ago. So I quite liked it. It's a pretty low level of angst in this one there's not i know a lot of romance readers have come to really hate break you know the 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 breakup just so that they can make up later on this is not one of those types of books like there is some angst there but it's more around the like okay can this actually be real we're in an entirely manufactured situation but it works Mm -hmm. it works and and the thing that so some of the things i like about it is I mean, first of all, the representation, the author is a black woman. She's writing about black women. Devon is fat, which again, I love, love, love. We got a fat femme in this story. I love their families. Oh, their families are so great. Chris's family is just a hundred percent behind her the whole time for everything she does. Devon's mom, like she ends up coming out to her at a church like at her church and you know it really goes okay it's like it's really lovely that well and again going back to queer eye like perfect timing i just watched the first episode of the second season with you know miss tammy and her makeover which is a lot about which is a lot about like the church and homophobia and so you know tammy has a gay son and she so she doesn't want her house redone she wants uh the community center for her church to be finished because they got it as far as like the mudding and taping stage but they couldn't afford to do the rest and you know bobby talks a lot about his pain in what happened when he came out and having to leave the church and all that and so i think it was really lovely to see in this book that it's like yeah you absolutely can have a religious parent who can still love you. So I don't know, like all around, like it's fun. The reality show thing worked for me. I also love that some of the, like kind of in between chapters, they'll do transcripts of what's called the jitter cam, which is kind of, you know how in reality shows they'll do like the um, individual interviews Mm -hmm. with people. Yeah. So it's those. And so you see like what Chris is saying through hers or what Devon is saying through hers. And you don't get to see the questions that are being asked, but like you can kind of understand through context. And it just, I think this is, I've, I've, I really enjoy reality show romances. And I think this is like top notch, one of the best ones. So yeah, I definitely recommend this one, especially if you want, like, do you want to read a book by a black author? Pick it up right away. Do you want to read fat rap? Pick this up if you want a good reality show. And also again, like reality fake wedding show. Fantastic. Fantastic. I recommend it. Nice. That 
is all for this episode. Thank you so much for joining us. If you've enjoyed the show, please make sure that you subscribe wherever you listen to your podcast so that you'll get notified when we release a new episode. And again, like I said earlier, if you have a friend who would like the show, please tell them about it. And if you would like to support the show uh, with a little bit of money, we do have that link to Kofi in the show notes. Not necessary, but definitely appreciated. Right. And if you want to connect with us on your favorite social media sites, just search for Queerly Recommended on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook, or you can email us at podcast at queerlyrecommended.com. And don't forget to send your Valentines by text or voice to podcast at queerlyrecommended.com. And you can also find me and Tara separately on all social media platforms. Bye, everybody. Bye, everyone. should send us a voice note you can send it you can either you can actually send a text note or a vo- voice note fuck let's try that again <laughs> eh, eh, eh. we're off to a real great Here. start can i read nancy kate and you read yes okay. yes do you oh, do you want to say that you want to give some thanks to people <laughs> that recently supported us and then yes you- i'll do that i'll do that okay okay we want to give quick thanks. We want to stop. <laughs> <laughs> Poor Neil. This is going to be like eight hours long.